Welcome, Bird Gang, and welcome to a Football Friday. On today's show, it's a big game this week. Yeah, I know, all games are big, but people are curious to see which Cardinals team shows up. The one that excels on the national stage, those are easy to get up for, or the one that seemingly plays down to his competition. Look back at weeks three and four against the Lions and Panthers, respectively. It's also two teams with three game winning streaks. Mike Jarecki has his three keys for the Cardinals to extend their streak to four, plus his always popular X-Factor. Get ready, Bird Gang. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 346, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side to Fitz, caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So is there anyone having more fun right now than Buda Baker? He's excelling on the field, and he's excelling off the field as well, MJ. As I saw this a week ago. It was in the paper. Didn't make a big deal out about it. It's no one's business. But it was brought up to the Cardinals' safety today about his multi-million dollar purchase, a brand new house. And at first, Baker kind of <laughs> joked around a little bit. because I don't know what you're talking about. And then laughed it off and said, yes, he did make the purchase, but uh, not holding any house parties at the moment because of uh, COVID-19 protocols and restrictions. But uh, maybe next year. Buda Baker will uh, be the center of attention as far as homes in that area. Well, and he also said that he didn't put the house in his name. So he <laughs> wa- he's wondered how that got out there. Now, obviously, if you're a realtor, you want everyone in the world to know you sold it to a football player and similar neighborhood as Kingsbury. And it sounds like Cliff wasn't aware of it, but he did say the, uh, you know, the market's going up with Buda moving in the neighborhood. It is. And a- he's just, I, I don't, you know, we're not supposed to root for players, but I just enjoy listening to him talk and just that smile. And and there's a lot of guys on this team. Like I asked Larry yesterday, I don't think there's a lot of bad apples in that locker room. And I think that's where the chemistry and the stability and the trust come from. They trust each other. Well, when you bring up having fun, how about his response when he was asked by Catherine Fitzgerald of the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com about all the memes, and this is going back to Sunday night football, DK Metcalf catching him from behind. And I guess it's good that the Cardinals won that ball game because now Baker can joke about it. Otherwise, I don't know how happy he would be with all of this. But <laughs> he was asked about the memes in his favorite, and he specifically – I'm surprised that he brought this up, but I'll quote him. On the weekends after a football game, after a W, I might sip on a glass of tequila. So there was one that said – I'm not going to get drunk tonight, which was me. And then tequila was DK Metcalf. So that was pretty funny, end quote. I mean, honestly, there is nothing that is going wrong right now for Buda Baker. No. And the good news is, um, you know, he wins the player of the month, only playing three games. We know they clearly missed him in Carolina. I mean, the tackling was poor. We, we kind of touched on that. And now he's got the cast off, and now he's going to just wear a splint where obviously you can't do any more damage to the thumb, but the fact that he's going to have, you know, nine fingers and, or, you know, 10 overall with the thumbs, uh, any defensive player will tell you that's an advantage when it comes to wrapping up. 
I'm glad you brought that up because he made that announcement on last night's Big Red Rage with Paul Calvisi and Ron Wolfley and was asked more about it earlier with the media. And the big thing is, is the grip and being able to close his hands and make that fist as much as possible with the splint on the thumb. Although he does have two interceptions with the cast on. So if he doesn't have one this weekend, does he go back to the training staff and say, hey, wrap me up again? No. No, 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 because if they throw it his way and uh, we know he can punch the ball out, I mean, he's just uh, – I, I guess he could be the glue of the defense. Steve said he's one of the most important players on the team. Um, they reward him with the highest paid safety in football, but he's only getting better. I mean, it's – listen, I mean, he hasn't even peaked yet, and it's to me it's infectious when it comes to his teammates just the way he prepares – and a lot of guys say the way you practice during the week is how you're going to play on Sunday. And sometimes it could be a little bit easier where practice, you know, you got to take advantage of your reps. But he's a really good practice player. And I think if you're a young guy, you follow that. And that's only going to help you get to, to get more reps on game day or during a practice. And you forget he's still considered young, although maybe in NFL years you're a veteran once you get to that three-year mark. And here he is in year number four. But he has certainly become a voice inside that locker room, and that is what General Manager Steve Kime said this morning on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, becoming a more natural leader when Buda Baker talks, it's authentic. And I think that speaks volumes, no pun intended there, because some guys will talk all the time, and then others, when they do speak up or speak out, then it means a little bit more, and that might be the case with Baker. That's it. I mean, uh, and I think slowly but surely, you know, he was a big fan of, you know, keeping Vance and a lot of guys were because, like he said, I mean, you got to have some stability and continuity on that side of the ball. And, you know, so far everything's going well. It's not it's not perfect. There's room for improvement. And I think this team would be the first to admit that. Baker is going to get some help with one player in that secondary. Jalen Thompson, we know, will be back this week. He will be eased in, according to Kingsbury. And Deontay Thompson is still going to have a role on this team defensively, which is good news. And there's a possibility of another player coming back this weekend, and that would be tight end Max Williams, who we have not seen since week one at San Francisco. He hurt his ankle and has been on injured reserve ever since. So perhaps more help on the way, not only from a defensive standpoint, but along that offense as well. You know, just getting your your starting safeties back. You know, Buddha missed the game. And Buddha said the first time they're playing together since week one, him and Jalen Thompson. So, but I, I want to give Deontay Thompson credit because, you know, there was a lot of, you know, a lot of talk. Okay, now that Jalen's coming here, what's, his role is going to get diminished. But he got a chance. And I'll tell you, I was impressed the way he was tackling. And if this team wants to go six DBs in this game, uh, depending on how much you know they're, they're going to try to throw it. Matt Breed is out. We'll get into some of the details there. But, um, yeah, I, I, I just think it's a case where um, when you when you look at that defense, and we could see Isaiah Simmons in more sub packages based on down and distance. And then Max Williams, he may be on a pitch count, um, but uh, Cliff said he's been uh, looking good in practice. We know he's one of their better blockers. Um Dan Arnold, obviously still looking for that big game. Um, he's had a couple of good, solid catches. Uh, Darrell Daniels cut down on the mistakes, decent blocker. And then you throw in Thomas. So I, I think they're only going to be able to address three. But Max Williams, it may not be this game, 
But over the next seven or eight, nine games, you're going to see him make a difference in the running game. And if it is this week or if it's next week or down the line, it's not going to be in the passing game. Yes, he can catch the ball, but it's going to be in that ground game, specifically that extra blocker. I mean, they have run the ball so well with Adam. It's just I think they can be so much better with him on the field. Well, and, you know, we know that Josh Jones is is getting a chance to play, even though he's a young guy and – I think he's part of the future, depending on what they do with Kelvin Beecham at right tackle. You got Justin Murray, who's filling in at right guard. So, um, from that standpoint, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I just like where they're at, but, um, you don't have to use an extra lineman possibly if Max Williams is in the games and he can go off for passes. We know that he's effective, but more, um, you want to go 11 or 12 personnel, line up and run the football. It is a football Friday here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Before we get to MJ's three keys to victory, plus the always popular X Factor, the rest of the injury reports, and this is not a surprise, but Kenyon Drake has been officially ruled out. He will not see any playing time this week, and we don't know how long he'll be out, but that ankle kept him off the practice field all week long. Cornerback Drake Kirkpatrick also has been ruled out because of a thigh injury. So now you look at that corner position, Patrick Peterson, and then it's going to be Kevin Peterson and Devontae Bosby because, don't forget, Byron Murphy is unavailable as well. So you've got three healthy corners right now, and then perhaps a mix and match, Jalen Thompson, Deontay Thompson, Buda Baker, maybe an Isaiah Simmons. Don't forget about Devondre Campbell. As far as being able to, in a pinch or on a certain play down in distance, can cover whether it's a slot receiver or a tight end. Yeah, and, you know, Drake or Patrick, um, I want to give him credit for playing through some injuries, um, but maybe it's best that he sits out a week just from a standpoint of get healthy for the remainder of the season. And he's been kind of lost in coverage at times, uh, hasn't tackled as well. And when, when sometimes you're, you're, you know, covering an injury, you know, maybe you take a little bit of shortcuts. So, uh, I think he needs to get healthy and I'm glad that he's not playing this week from that standpoint. But I definitely think when you get him back and you get Murphy back, it really settles things down. You got two outside guys in Pat P and Kirkpatrick, and then you got Murphy in the side. And that means guys like Kevin Peterson and Bosby could be your backup. So. Uh, again, I think it's the right decision. Obviously, they have the more medical uh, stuff than we do, but maybe it's good that he's not pressing and trying to make plays when he's not 100%. And I should also bring up Prince of Mukamara as well, Vance Joseph did. If that is an option, that would also require a roster move ahead of Sunday's contest. So perhaps they do have depth, whether it's this week or next week, they do have options with regard to who's on the practice squad. Yeah, you know, Cliff said he's, you know, still, uh, he's, he's a guy that obviously is, is mindful of getting in the football shape. He was released late in the year by our, after training camp by the Raiders, no preseason. But I think Bosby is a guy that Cliff mentioned today. So I would, and he's on the active roster. So I would think that, you know, in a pinch, if, if, you know, if Peterson is struggling or maybe they want to, um, Gets a different look in there to, to show Tua. They got different uh, sub packages, so we'll just have to wait and see. But you get you get Murphy back and the healthy Kirkpatrick. I think things will be fine at corner position. 
Two players listed as questionable, Jordan Phillips because of a hamstring and Zeke Turner because of a toe. So we'll have to wait 90 minutes before kickoff for those two players and whether they're up or down. But I would think because of who they are, defensive line and an excellent special teams player that Phillips and Turner will both be available this week. Yeah, Phillips was out there during the open portion. He was practicing. Zeke's been working out a little bit on the side. Uh, You know, again, he doesn't play 60 snaps a game, but he's very effective uh, on the special team. So I would assume, but seeing Phillips out there today, I think we're to a point where he's going to get some days off in, in a hamstring injury for a guy that big. You got to make sure he's not on his feet and getting treatment because you don't want that thing to linger. They're like high ankle sprains, growing injury, hamstring. So I think he's a guy maybe in the future we won't see practice as much, but you really got to get out there on Thursday and Friday and then obviously for the walkthrough. Last on the injury reports, you brought it up, Matt Breda, the Dolphins running back, will not play because of a hamstring injury. Remember, Miles Gaskin is already on IR due to a knee issue. So that leaves the Dolphins as far as running backs right now, Jordan Howard and Patrick Laird as far as third, fourth, now become one, two. And the newest acquisition, DeAndre Washington, acquired from the Chiefs, has not cleared COVID-19 protocol, so he is, if you will, ineligible to play this Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, maybe Tua is going to run more. I know that's not ideal considering the injury uh, history he has. And we'll get into some of the uh, key matchups because I definitely think the Cardinals got to do a, a good job of keeping Tua in the pocket. All right, well, we have stalled long enough. Everyone waits for it on these football Fridays. Mike Jarecki's three keys for the Cardinals to extend their winning streak to four. And I think before we get into that, I just want to make mention, because there's been a lot of talk this week, MJ, about the Cardinals coming out of the bye. Last year, it was not good. They got embarrassed by the Rams 34-7. to But also, I think this is a game that can tell a lot about this 2020 Arizona Cardinals team because on the national stage, you beat the Cowboys and Seahawks. That's easy to get up for. Well, what about a team that on paper you're supposed to beat? How do they come out of the gate? How do they respond? And it was interesting to hear Chase Edmonds say that they took their lead this week from Kyler Murray as far as getting ready and practice and even Wednesday's practice and Edmonds' words got a little chippy. So, I like to hear that, but now let's see it materialize on the football field. Yeah, and, you know, just based on last year, you know, they start off 0-4, then they went three in a row, and then they, you know, kind of went to a lull, and then they obviously played a little bit better in the month of December, uh, obviously beating the Seahawks. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a scenario where, you know, when you look at it, it I just think, you know – I think they're going to be up for this game, Craig, because they have five wins. They know what's at stake here. And it's, it's not, I think they learned the lesson in Carolina. You just can't step on the field. And they, they were missing their best player in Buddha. No excuse. Every team has injuries. We haven't really talked about missing Chandler Jones because they're doing it by committee. But yeah, for the most part, I mean, I, I, I just feel like, you know, the stakes are a little bit higher now, and, we, and I don't want to get ahead, but, you know, you got nine games to go, and you get you get to five more wins. Now you're talking about ten, and then we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks. But I don't think they're looking ahead because uh, that's not what good teams do. Larry said we're not worried about rankings. We don't talk about that kind of stuff. Uh, we know Kyler was caught off guard with the question, being the number one 
yardage team, that's great, but I, I'm more interested in points. You, you can go from the 20 to the 20. I want to get points, but clearly it's night and day from a year ago at this time. It's about keeping up with the rest of the division. The Seahawks this week on the road at Buffalo. The Rams are off, and we know the 49ers lost last night to the Packers, so they are 4-5, and five, so there might be a drop-off now with the 49ers considering everything that they're going through. But you want to be able to keep pace with the Seahawks, so all eyes on that contest in Buffalo before the Cardinals get their shot at the Bills next week. But that is next week. Let's focus in here on this Cardinals-Dolphins matchup. Three keys to victory. Number one for Mike Jarecki, what must happen for the Cardinals to get their sixth win? Number one, run the football. Dolphins rush defense, giving up 4.9 yards per carry, 125 yards on the game, ranked 21st. Cardinals offense, rush offense, averaging 5 yards, 5.2 second in the league, averaging 160.7. That's second in the league. Uh, the Cardinals have the league's number one offense in total yards, averaging 419. Um, now, meanwhile, Miami is allowed the fewest points. They've only given up 18.6, and they do a really good job on third down. They're holding their opponents at 33.3%, but I think the Cardinals have to be able to run the football, and that's going to set up the pass, and we'll get into some of the matchups on the outside. But running the football, Chase, um, obviously Kyler Murray, you know, he's a guy that if he's averages nine or ten carries, I like their chances to win. Um, obviously, he's made vast improvements from uh, week three to week seven. First three weeks, Craig, four touchdowns, five interceptions. Last four games, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. So he's turned the corner, and Chase said it again today. He really wants to be a guy that's going to make throws from the pocket, but he's so dynamic, and if they try to put a spy on him, it, it, it's worked at times. But for the most part, that should free somebody up. So run the football. And quoting Edmonds about Murray, he really doesn't want to run the football. He prefers to get the ball out into the hands of his playmakers. Now, Chase Edmonds is going to get the start. It's what the fan base has often wanted to see, or at least more touches for Chase Edmonds. What's interesting is what happens if Edmonds is not in the backfield. Who's that player going to be? And head coach Cliff Kingsbury, first name out of his mouth, DJ Foster, who right now, MJ, is on the practice squad. So there would have to be a roster move ahead of Sunday. But you also have Jonathan Ward and then Eno Benjamin. I know the Sun Devil fan base would love to see him on the field, but he doesn't play special teams. And as much as we thought this would be the week to see him dressed, if Foster is up, Ward, we know, plays special teams. I don't know if there's a spot on the active roster on game day for an Eno Benjamin. Yeah, it's just a numbers game. And, you know, you would have thought with Kenyon Drake going down. The thing is, you know, I think Ward has a similar skill set, not comparing, just similar skill set to Drake. I think he'd be good in short yardage. If you can get a lead in the fourth quarter, you pound it with him. He's got fresh legs. You know, I don't know how effective he would be in pass protection or running routes, but they do definitely work on that kind of stuff. And then D.J. Foster, he's been in the system now two years. He can catch the ball in the backfield. He can run between the tackles. He's good in pass protection, and he plays on special teams. So if I had a guess, uh, I think Eno Benjamin will be inactive again. That's just a numbers game. And if he can't get on the field now, I don't know if when Kenyon Drake's returning. Obviously, the Cardinals last year, David Johnson went down. Chase went down. Um, they had to bring in a couple other running backs and Alfred Morris, Zach Zenner. So, 
that's one position where you got to be ready. But uh, I would think because of Ward and Foster playing on teams, they're going to be active on game day. That's one thing that Kingsbury brought up with respect to Foster was he knows the offense inside and outs. And whether that's the same with a Jonathan Ward or an Eno Benjamin, who knows? But I think this coaching staff feels a lot more comfortable with someone uh, Foster's status, resume, experience over, say, a rookie, Eno Benjamin. But that's left to be said or left to be seen coming up on Sunday. All right, number two, your second key to a win this week. Uh, we talked about Tua, you know, very pedestrian, didn't have a great quarterback rating. He was able to throw a touchdown pass. They won with their defense. It's a, it was a team win. Um, they won with some special teams returns and just great field position. So my thing is keep Tua in the pocket. Make him uncomfortable. It's his first road start. Again, it's not going to have 68,000 people, but you'll have 4,200, likely 21 on one side, 2,100 on the other. Uh, left-handed quarterback. Cardinals have really haven't faced a left-handed quarterback. Ball comes out a little bit different. The last quarterback left-hander played in the NFL was Kellen Moore. Um, you know, as, as, as the Cardinals were explaining what he does, it's, it's going to be opposite from a right-handed quarterback. So when he takes us off the center, I, I'm, you know, he, he's really good um, when it comes to bootlegs, waggle plays, and RPOs. So he's able to buy some time. I would think early in the game they're going to try to, you know, get him in, you know, manageable downs where he's, you know, trying to get some confidence up, short, quick passes. I don't know if they, you know, can go on a 15-play drive where they got to pick up a couple first downs, but keep him in the pocket, make him uncomfortable. And we watch Vans do it to Russell Wilson, who's an experienced quarterback. If you got to bring some guys off the edge, um, because I don't know how much they're going to try to run the football. You have to. You can't just throw it 50 times and put him in, a, you know, a situation where he's not going to succeed. So keep him in the pocket and make him uncomfortable and let him know you're going to be there all day. The one thing that I don't think has gotten talked a lot about is what you just mentioned, Tua being left-handed, and Buda Baker brought that up because now you have to train yourself to do everything opposite that you've seen week in and week out, although Buda Baker did say that they're not treating Tua any differently just because this is his second career starting first on the road. He's an NFL quarterback, and NFL quarterbacks don't like to be pressured. They don't like to be hit. We saw Jared Goff against this Dolphins defense last week uh, get a little frustrated because of all the pressure that the Dolphins defense brought. So I think you're going to see a lot of what we saw against the Seattle Seahawks, different looks, six, seven guys at the line of scrimmage. Maybe they all come, maybe only three rush, maybe four rush, and then everyone drops. But I like that because – how much has he seen, talking about Tua, in the NFL? It's exactly what Kyler Murray went through a year ago, seeing different defenses. And then, of course, the speed of the game is a factor as well. I'll say this about the Dolphins and their offensive line. They start two rookies, yet they've only allowed 11 sacks, which is tied for the ninth fewest in the league. And one of the players that they don't have, but he's injured right now, is Austin Jackson, who they drafted a local product out of North Canyon High School, but the other two rookies, their right guard, Solomon Kinley, and their right tackle, Robert Hunt. So perhaps look for maybe a Hassan Reddick, a Marcus Golden, to line up opposite right guard, right tackle coming up this week. Yeah, and, and, and then Josh Morrow, looks like he's going to get some run at defensive line. We're number 69. Lecky Foe, too, is going to be starting in place of Zach Allen. So on paper, you're going to have at least two new new starters. Obviously, the good news is is that Lecky has been here from day one. 
And so he, he's a guy that can push the pocket very tough against the run. So uh, that will help out guys like Jordan Phillips and uh, Corey Peters. All right, uh, my third matchup is going to be one of the cornerbacks, Xavier Howard or Byron Jones on Hopkins. Now, Hopkins is averaging, um, when it comes to Hopkins, he's averaging 100 yards, .6 per game. That is tops in the league. He, uh, he, he leads in targets, receptions, and uh, yards per game. So uh, I'm curious to see. Normally, Hop lines up on the X receiver, which is on the left side. Uh, will they try to bracket him a little bit? Because we know when it comes to the Belichick clones and Flores is in that boat, they try to take away your 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 strength, and then they're hoping that maybe some of your other guys aren't able to step up. So I just think um, whoever draws that assignment, uh, that can open things up for other guys around the, on the field. Xavier Howard has four interceptions tied for the league lead. He's the one player on this defense that I think has been – I wouldn't say name guy. They do have Kyle Van Noy and Shaq Lawson, who have been both around the league. But as far as Howard, I think he might have the most experience as far as being with the Dolphins. Remember, we touched on it yesterday. He was with the Dolphins when Vance Joseph was the defensive coordinator. So familiarity is something that is key. And now you look to see if there is Howard versus Hopkins or if it's Jones versus Hopkins to try to take away him. But if they do that, and I know Hopkins probably wouldn't like it if he's only got a couple of catches. But at the end of the day, if you're winning, that's all that matters. Do you have someone for a Christian Kirk? Do you have someone for a Larry Fitzgerald? Chase Edmonds out of the backfield? Dan Arnold? I don't know how far matchup-wise this Dolphins defense can go when you look at the number of weapons the Cardinals offense has. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, you know, you look at Xavier Howard and, and Jones. I mean, they went out and spent big money. Howard was a high draft pick, and to me, that's what Belichick did over the years. You know, when he had uh, Malcolm Butler, and then they drafted Gilmore. Well, they they signed Gilmore from Buffalo. You get two shutdown corners. You can do a lot of things with the other nine guys. So they've really invested in two shutdown corners, and now we're starting to see the fruits of the labor there. So that, and then you know, you just look at my X factor. Um, I was going to go Buddha on, on Tua, but I'm going to go the Cardinals front seven because we know this team is going to try to run the football. Obviously, they don't have the bodies. And if, if when I talked about making them uncomfortable, if they can just get a couple turnovers, I think they would go a long way. So my X factor is the front seven, keeping everything in front. And as Vance has pointed out, you know, they do have Parker. I'm sure they got some fast guys just from a standpoint they can run routes, but Eliminate the, the chunk plays. Eliminate, you know, the big plays where they're backbreakers and, and it can be a little deflating going to the sidelines. But I think the X factor is going to be the front seven, just the pressure they put on him besides keeping him inside the pocket. Knock on wood, this defense has done a great job on opposing tight ends. And I'm not sure we've actually had a question on Thursday to Coach Joseph about the tight end position. And I'm not saying that the Dolphins have a world beater at the tight end, but Mike Gesicki averages 15, better than 15 yards a catch, and that is second best among tight ends in the league. So if there's one guy that you certainly don't want to lose sight of, it would be him. He has two touchdown catches this season, but to your point about the front seven, if you just rattle this offense a little bit, then I still don't think we all know enough about what this offense is going to look like with Tua as the quarterback. 
Yeah, Gusecki, he's, you know, I always think it's an easy throw for a quarterback. Now, two is not the biggest guy, but obviously being left-handed, he'll, he can find a little sliver or seam. Um, to me, that's a high percentage throw thrown over the middle of the field, but we know the Cardinals secondary is starting to force more turnovers. Campbell has the size to maybe crouch down a little bit and make the pick. So, yeah, I mean, I, I just think the front seven, if, if, talk, keep him in the pocket, but I want to see him put some pressure on this guy and maybe he possibly has some turnovers. This was certainly a matchup that everyone nationally spoke of this week. When you looked at Cardinals-Dolphins, it's Kyler, it's Tua. The narrative, however, it was a lot one-sided, thinking, all right, Tua got the win in his first career start. He only played 49 snaps, only had 93 yards passing. There's a lot of questions still with Tua as far as, all right, is he the guy? Can he succeed at this level? And then is he the guy for the Miami Dolphins moving forward? You know, they made the switch to go from Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I think there's still a bit of a question mark considering he wasn't all that dynamic in his first go-around. He didn't make a great first impression, if you will. Yeah, and, and Vance told us, you know, the fact that he was there uh, throughout the entire offseason, virtual or not, he was in training camp, and they, when they installed the offense, the whole idea was he's going to learn with Ryan Fitzpatrick Clearly, they were three and three, and they made the switch. Now you go back to last year; they're nine and seven in their last sixteen games, so they're they're they're, they're making progress. Um, but I, I think if you're the Dolphins and you look at Kyler Murray and maybe they look at Lamar Jackson or Mahomes, a little different skill sets, you're hoping that Tua can be that guy going into next year. I mean, again, uh, he's dealt with a lot of injuries, um, but he's a very confident kid. He's a great kid. Uh, and so I think his teammates will, uh, you know, they'll engage him. I, I watched uh, NFL films. One of the linemen came by, and he's like, oh, great game, you know. But we really didn't have to use the offense a lot. And he goes, oh, I wish I could have done more. He said, no, we're gonna. my job is to protect you. So that's their idea is protecting him and allowing him a little more time to throw the ball down the field. I do not expect the Dolphins to be able to replicate what they did against the Rams, and that is being able to score four different ways, passing, rushing, special teams, and defensive. The, that is not going to happen in back-to-back weeks. And the Rams ran down their throat. They really did. It was golf. He had two interceptions. He had a fumble. You talked about our defense and special teams. Um, the, the Rams ran right down their throat, and that's why my first key in this game is run the football. Run the football. And we know – the offensive line, they don't get the credit, but they're better than they were last year at this time. There's more cohesiveness. Guys know their roles. They get a good, really good game plan from Cougs, and Kingsbury trusts those guys. So, yeah, that's what that's my idea of running the football. It sounds simple, but mistakes. Who commits the fewer mistakes? And I think it always comes back to the quarterback position. Kyler Murray can protect the football and doesn't throw unnecessary interceptions, then there's no reason why this Cardinals team should not be able to come out with a W on Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's the NFL. I mean, teams are going to be able to go on drives, but you just hope that, you know, you can limit them, and it would be nice, like any game, stating the obvious, get out to a lead, put them behind the sticks a little bit where he has to throw more. And we know that just based on the depth chart, they don't have a lot of running backs that you really can carry the load. They're going to have to do it by committee, and I think Tua will get some of those uh, touches. 
you got two teams meeting each with three game winning streaks. The Cardinals have not won four in a row since 2015. We're talking a lot about 2015 with respects to how well this team is playing right now at five and two and the Dolphins four and three second place in the AFC East. Bird gang, if you haven't done so already, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. For more. Also, if you haven't seen it already, Cardinals Flight Plan Episode 6, Raising the Bar. It's up on the official YouTube page of the Arizona Cardinals, youtube.com slash azcardinals. I also want to mention if you're fortunate enough, get your tickets. You know, obviously it's by seniority. And if you went to the Seahawks game, you weren't eligible. Make sure you wear your mask. That's it's mandated. And the Cardinals have a little logo out there with big red how you correctly watch your mask. Obviously, if you're having libations or food, a little bit different, but wear your mask because maybe the next uh, time they come home, not against Buffalo, maybe that number increases. Obviously, the state has to approve that. So do your part and cheer the Redbird on. All the information on azcardinals.com. Before we sign off here on this Football Friday, Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We go back to the cornerback discussion, and I do want to point out that the reports that Jonathan Joseph is headed to the Arizona Cardinals, the former Texans corner who was released this week, question was asked to General Manager Steve Kime this morning on with Doug and Wolf, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and wouldn't say come right out and say, yes, it's going to happen, and I think a lot of that has to do with the COVID-19 protocols. You have to uh, pass so many tests. I believe it's five straight yes. days, much like Marcus Golden had to do before we actually saw Golden on the football field. But Kime said they do like his experience. 15th season. He is up there in age, 36 years old, but the ability to play man coverage, I think speaks to what this team is looking for. And then it doesn't hurt to have depth at certain positions. And I think that is what Kime is looking at not just because of injuries, but because you never know. You get that email early in the morning saying someone has tested positive or has come in close contact with someone who has tested positive. Then all of a sudden, everything gets thrown up in the air. You have to be able to adjust right away. And I think corner, what we've seen, is that position that is hard to find, first of all. And two, you certainly don't want to get too far low in the totem pole, if you will, as far as going down to your fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth guy. Yeah, I, I hope those days are over with Curtis Riley, you know, playing in the secondary. And, yeah, I mean, I, I always say flood the position. You know, they got Prince on the practice squad. We'll see where he stands. I, I don't know. But they didn't mention him today, so I'm assuming he's not going to be up. Uh, could be wrong. We'll see. Uh, Bosby and, and Kevin Peterson are going to have bigger roles in this game. I think Thompson, Deontay can have a role. Isaiah Simmons, Campbell can cover tight end. So um, it's nothing wrong with the flood in the position because if you have an outbreak in a certain position, you got to have bodies. And here it was one corner and one outside linebacker, and they were able to, to kind of replace the outside linebacker and Marcus Golden and Kennard. And now, without Kirkpatrick, they're going to move some furniture around, but they feel comfortable, according to Vance, they have a plan. And I think we're going to see some different packages based on down and distance. First and second down may be normal base defense. We get to third down, I think they're going to show some different packages, and that's where we can see different guys on the field that maybe are not in their base defense. 
With respect to Jonathan Joseph, here's what Kaim had to say, quote, we'll see where that goes, end quote. And if we are talking more about it next week, then that's when we'll address it more here on Cardinals Cover 2. By the way, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and, of course, this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. You're predicting a win, Mike Jarecki, on Sunday. Do you have a score that you want to throw out there? Or, hey, bottom line is this team walks off the field at State Farm Stadium with a W, get to 6-2. and two, That's all that matters. I'm going to go 31-16. I think they'll get a couple field goals, maybe a touchdown. And I think the Cardinals, they could score more. I know that they every week they feel like they leave points on the field. Well, how about put up 30 or 40? But obviously when we're doing that postgame show, I want to be talking about a W because this team – uh, going into this game, they know what's at stake. They know what's at stake for the rest of the season. So I anticipate they're going to come out fired up. They're at home, and the next couple of games are at home before they got to go over to Seahawks. So uh, I think at 31-17, uh, it could be closer, but I don't think that's going to happen in the fourth quarter. And that 30-point mark has been the magic mark for the Cardinals. They've scored at least 30 in each of their last three games, all wins, and that's the longest active streak and the NFL Dolphins, of course, have only allowed 17 points or fewer in each of their last three games. So certainly something's got to give this week. And we all hope it's the Cardinals coming out on top. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. Bird Gang will talk to you Sunday and then Monday here on Cardinals Cover 2.